chair staff is ready when you are thank you madam clerk um welcome everybody to the tuesday february 9th meeting of the water committee of the city of sacramento i'd like to call this meeting to order uh, madam clerk will you please call roll thank you council member valenzuela here council member vang here and chair harris i am here thank you very much uh, this is going to be an interesting meeting. It's largely informational, uh, but we do have a couple of uh, new faces on the committee, which I'm very excited about because both of them have demonstrated a real mm -hmm. eagerness to learn about the water issues and also they recognize the importance of water to, of course, the city of Sacramento. And um, before we get started on the agenda, I'd like to ask uh, Bill Buface, our director of utilities, uh, to say a few words to our incoming members here on the Water Committee. Thank you, Councilmember Harris. Um, I mostly want to echo, echo uh, Councilmember Harris's comments. We uh, welcome uh, <coughs> Councilmember Valenzuela and Vang and want to tell you how much we appreciate your participation, your willingness to participate in this uh, committee. We highly value this committee and the access that it gives us to a uh, you know, a, a small number of council members to kind of get into the weeds a little bit about our issues and to uh, seek understanding and, and hopefully support for, um, for our initiatives and, uh, and projects. And so mostly I just wanna say thank you uh, for your willingness to participate and, and welcome, welcome to the committee. Great, thank you, Bill. You know, this subject matter, as I've explained to both of our new council members participating, is, is deep and complex. It can get a little technical or wonky, if you will, at times. But, you know, as we enter this period of climate change, our response to water security, availability, uh, you know, the social justice issues of clean water for all, and just uh, guaranteed reliability you know, within our network is really important work. To me, it's some of the most satisfying work I've done as a council member to work on water issues. Uh, you know, as everybody knows, this state was founded upon water wars. We're not an inherently wet state. We have, you know, a real dry area with most of our population. And so there have always been pressures on how to manage water, how to work with our agriculture because we, we provide 25% of the fresh fruits and vegetables to the entire country. How we manage our water is essential to uh, the economic well-being of our region as well. So good stuff, important stuff, and uh, I'm really glad to have you two, really, I mean it. Okay, uh, moving along, we do have a special presentation and I don't know, did staff want to, to introduce uh, Ms. Law or can I just do that? Did somebody have a presentation before she speaks? No, I think you can go ahead uh, and introduce uh, uh, Jessica. Okay, great. Well, Jessica, welcome. So you're gonna be the new director of the Water Forum, which uh, maybe you can speak a little bit to the history of the Water Forum because uh, I think that would be valuable. But we're all very excited to have you on board. Uh, this, is, this is going to be, I think, very valuable moving forward. And we just wanted to extend a, a very strong welcome to you here on the Water Committee. 
Thank you, Councilmember Harris. Good morning, Councilmember. Oh, it's afternoon, actually. Good afternoon, Councilmember Bang and Councilmember Valenzuela. Um, this is uh, a great opportunity. I'm so glad that we have the chance to speak and to talk a little bit about the water forum and just water policy topics in general. Um, so I can tell you a little bit about myself. I am brand new to the water forum. I started on January 4th. So I'm still very much understanding um, the role that the Water Forum plays in the region. But I have to say, I have been so impressed and have really received such a warm welcome from all of the Water Forum members, from the regional partners, um, ever, from everyone at the city, and then also all the other folks that we're working with. And that warm welcome, I think, is partially due to the fact that the Water Forum is a really special institution. It has a 20 year history of working collaboratively between public, business, environmental and water uh, caucus members. And it really has a very good history of accomplishing work in a space that can often be very, very hard to make progress in. So prior to the Water Forum, I was at the Delta Stewardship Council. I was the chief deputy there um, and I was at the council for about five years. Before that, I worked as a private consultant uh, doing a lot of public education and outreach on things, everything from the Bay Delta Conservation Plan to California High-Speed Rail. Um, and I actually started in Sacramento as a consultant. Uh, my first project that I worked on was the City of Sacramento General Plan. It was the 2030 plan. And so I was brand new to California. I just driven out here in my car with all my stuff in it. And I was working in a very small consulting firm named Mintier Harnish. You probably recognize that name. Um, and I worked on the city of Sacramento general plan for the first year and a half. And it was a really amazing way to get to know a brand new city for me. Um, I was coming from the East coast. So everything was upside down uh, for about the first three months. Because, uh, you know, from where, where I've been from, the uh, ocean is on your right, not on your left. So I had a little bit of orientation to do, but it was a really great way to understand the city and the policy issues and the community specifically. So that's a little bit of my background. Um, you know, the Water Forum, there are folks who have been engaged in the Water Forum since the beginning for the last 20 years. Um, and I'm learning a lot from them. We are also engaging with a lot of new members, trying to bring in new members to the business and the public caucus um, and really kind of broaden and diversify those members. And we have three main priorities right now, and I'm calling these my interim priorities, but we are working through a agreement. We're calling it Water Form 2.0. So we are renegotiating the original Water Form agreement. We're about a year, a little less than a year into what I'm hoping will be a three-year process. Um, and then we are working with the Bureau of Reclamation on a pretty regular basis, um, almost a day-to-day -day at this point to manage flow and operations uh, on the Lower American River and releases from Folsom. So it's going to be an interesting water year for sure. We can talk more about that. And then also we have a lot of habitat restoration projects that we are engaged in both planning and permitting for. So uh, this year we are hoping to get a restoration project done at Ansel Hoffman Park. Um, and maybe some of you have been there. So that's just a little bit about me. I'm happy to take any questions. I, I'll, let me just make a, a comment to start out, Jessica. Uh, you know, working with the Bureau is very important for our region. And solidifying that relationship is, I think, um, really imperative. So I, I, I really look forward to your work in that area. 
the managing the flow coming out of the Folsom Reservoir is key to so many things that we try to accomplish here at the city, but regionally, you know, with all the water participants in our area. So that's very significant. The other thing I wanted to mention is when you get a chance, talk to our Lieutenant Governor, Eleni Kunalakis, mm -hmm. about her participation in the formation of the Water Forum. And, and she has a pretty interesting uh, vantage point about the Water Forum. So if you get the chance, uh, have, have a little conversation with our Lieutenant Governor. I think you'll find it worthwhile. Thank you. Katie, Mai, any questions, any comments? I saw Mai go off mute earlier, but I'll go ahead and jump in. Welcome, super excited. Um, and I think it's fun that we're coming on and learning at the same time you're coming in and learning, mm -hmm. but obviously you have a whole lot more institutional knowledge. So I'd love to have, when you have time, some sort of one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe we could do a two-on-one -on -one with me and Councilmember Vang so we could just pick your brain about what you know and what you're learning as you come in, because I'm just, I'm so fascinated by what you do, and I would love to learn more about it. I feel like I'm a sponge right now, no pun intended, yes. when it comes to this stuff. So you're yes. welcome. Thank you. Hi, Jessica. Um, I'll be uh, working alongside you. Super excited and welcome. Um, Katie and I was just talking earlier. I think we're both water nerds. And so we're just super excited to absorb it all and learn um, and work with you as well. So. Uh, it's our first committee uh, meeting for the water committee, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to get to work um, to support you and staff um, to make sure that we're moving the city in the right direction. So thank you. Great, thank you so much. And yes, I am happy to take you up on the offer, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe for a, 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 a joint meeting together and I can convey all of the uh, water knowledge that I have. There's a lot more out there. Um, you know, I had asked the water forum members at one of our first committees, what what do you love about the water forum? And there were a lot of really good responses, the you know, camaraderie, the, the colleagues, the people they get to work with, um, but learning was a major reason. And people were saying that, you know, they've been in this business for 15, 20 years and they are still learning things every single day. So that's a really important part of the water forum. And I look forward to sharing and conveying that as well. So Jessica, another question. Have you had a chance to confer with Tom Goring and um, sort of download a little bit because he is a font of knowledge. He is a font of knowledge. Um, I know I wish you could do that little brain transfer thing where you just take all of his, just download all of his information into my, into my brain directly. Um, Tom is wonderful and we have been talking as much as possible and trying to transfer knowledge there. So um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Tom did retire um in early january so um he's he's around he's in town but um yeah i'm i'm definitely i think somebody said drinking from the fire hose being the sponge all of those analogies so yeah well we wish you the best of luck and any support that we can offer is thank extended you. to you thank you i appreciate Absolutely. that all right. all right well thank you thank you for dropping in we appreciate your presence there thanks we'll see you soon bye all right bye-bye Okay, um, our next uh, item is the consent calendar, which is basically our meeting schedule uh, for the next year. Any comments or suggestions? Seeing none, we'll need a motion to pass consent. I'll move to pass consent. Thank you, Mai. I'll second that. Katie will second. So uh, roll call vote, Madam Clerk. Yes, and thank you. For the record, there are no callers on this item. Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. 
Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Chair Harris? Aye. So thank you for that. Uh, next is a nomination of uh, for a vice chair for our water committee. And I'm going to use my privilege as chair to nominate my Vang to serve as vice chair for the committee. Uh, I'd like to second that motion, Mr. We chair. have a second. And so I think we can see how the vote's gonna line up, but we have to take it anyway, Madam Clerk. And for the record, there are no callers on this item. Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Chair Harris? Aye. So, uh, Mindy, you know, in the past, I, I'm not sure if we actually had a caller at the Water Committee, but uh, be sure to point it out if I, if I forget to ask. Thank you for that. You know, I'd also like to point out for our new members that we have a couple of staff people here. Uh, well, actually three that are all three dynamic women on staff who do tremendous work. So if you haven't met Roshni or Pravani, uh, I believe you've met Ann Sanger. It's really imperative that you do. Uh, if you want to know what happens inside a molecule of water, you go to Pravani. Um, she, she really is a, a truly remarkable water scientist, in my opinion. Uh, you, you know, we have great people on staff, so avail yourselves of their knowledge. And uh, Anne, of course, is just amazing in, in all regards. And Roshni is just tremendous in getting things done. So, um, yeah, great. I just wanted to call them out because they're very significant uh, staff members. And our next item is uh, an overview of the urban water management plan. And I think this would be a great presentation by another incredible staff member, Brett Ewart. Thank you, Chair Harris and uh, members of the Water Committee. Uh, yeah, so my name is uh, uh, Brett Ewart. I'm a senior engineer with the Department of Utilities. Um, you know, my principal duties are, are more on long range water planning and some of these sort of institutional programs and projects. So I have uh, two presentations for the Water Committee today. Uh, the first is, uh, as the chair referenced, uh, an overview of our water system, some of the infrastructure, uh, as well as a planning document that we're working on right now, the Urban Water Management Plan, which is something we do every five years um, and submit it to the state of California. Uh, time allowing, uh, we also have a presentation on uh, what we call a groundwater substitution transfer. Uh, this is a program uh, that we've engaged in uh, multiple times. Uh, we just finished one. And with this water year looking the way it is, there's probably an opportunity to do this again in 2021. Um, and, and that's the sort of, we're gonna share some of that with you today and, and look for some of your, your, your feedback or your observations on this program. So I'm gonna pull up the presentation here. And all right. Chair, does that come through for you okay? Chair yeah, Harris? it's fine, Brett. Great, thank you. So yeah, so this first presentation again is, is really an overview of our water system as well as uh, again, the, the urban water management plan we're working on right now. So what you see here on this first slide, really this is, you know, on the left is, is essentially a map of the city limits and of our water system. So we retail water throughout essentially the entire city limits. There's a few areas north and south where it's not perfectly contiguous, but for all purpose reasons, uh, the, the water system and the city limits are, are fairly equal. 
we, we gain our, our supply of water from really three different sources, both the American River as well as the Sacramento River. Uh, we also have groundwater resources too, both north of the American River and south of the American River. Uh, on this map, you'll, um, it's kind of hard to make it out. It's, it's really conceptual. Uh, some of those little blue squares are the groundwater wells, which are predominantly north of the American River. Um, those were brought into the city over years and years through various annexation efforts. Uh, that whole network you see, all the blue lines, um, that's not all of them, uh, but it's about 1,600 miles, just over 1,600 miles of water main. Uh, these might range in size from, say, four inches to, you know, upwards of 72 inches. You could, you could walk through them in many cases. Uh, we've also got uh, the smaller sort of circular uh, tuna cans, if you will, uh, spread throughout the map. Uh, the light blue, those are storage reservoirs in the system. So that would be potable water that we've diverted from the river or extracted from the aquifer, uh, treated, uh, conveyed through that 1600 miles and stored for emergency purposes or for, for peak needs um, uh, or, or fire supply uh, for you know, local emergency response. The entire system uh, serves about 140,000 customers. Um, in total right now, our population is just north of half a million. Uh, but it's really one interconnected system. You know, at different times, you might hear about our drainage basins or, uh, you know, the combined sewer system. What's unique about the water system, it, it is one connected set of pipes. In theory, a, a drop of water from the very northern part of the city could make its way all the way to the south. And, and we operate it as such. We will turn facilities on or off uh, to do maintenance or, or to meet the localized needs. Uh, this map here is, is slightly different. Uh, it's maybe a little hard to make out, but I'll draw your attention to sort of a green boundary line that extends uh, east of the city limits. And so that's what we call our, our place of use. That line also generally includes the entirety of the city of Sacramento, as well as many of our neighbors. And, and that's the, that boundary uh, is, is the observed boundary by the State Water Resources Control Board that allows us to treat and serve surface water to those agencies. So many of them are wholesale customers. Uh, this map actually came out of the 2015 Urban Water Management Plan. Not much has changed. The only two real things I'll point out is uh, subtle, is uh, there's been an annexation. So we've grown a little. There's the panhandle, or, or the handle as some would say, in the very northern part of the city. And in the past, uh, we also, we wholesaled water to Fruit Ridge Water District. They have actually sold their district to Cal American Water. So at this point, there's really three wholesale customers we serve water to. The Sac Suburban, which is north of the American River, it's that sort of orange hatched area. Uh, Calam, they have several, that's the yellow. Uh, they have several inner ties with us, including the new Fruit Ridge Vista. And then Sacramento County, and that, are, that will be up at the airport. We wholesale water to the airport, Metro, uh, as well as we send water to them through the Franklin connection, we call it the very south part of the city. Just to give you a sense of some of our infrastructure here. This is our Sac River water treatment plant. Uh, it's just north of the rail yards near the confluence of the American and Sacramento River. This is our oldest facility. It was, it was originally built in, in 1924 and brought online. 
it's been expanded and modified and updated over many, many years. Uh, the most recent two projects was uh, the construction of our new intake. You see that picture there. Uh, that was built to, to accommodate fisheries needs for Delta smelt. So it's a big facility that allows water to move slowly into it so you don't have fish impingement in the river. Uh, this whole facility uh, can produce on a, on a max day, if you will, in the middle of summer, uh, upwards of 160 million gallons of water a day. I will draw your attention to one small area here. Uh, we are engaging in a planning effort right now, excuse me, uh, for the eventual expansion of this facility to meet the growth needs identified in, in the general plan. So when we rehabilitated this facility in 2016, 2017, over, over many years, uh, we left in place room to expand the facility. Uh, here we have our Fairbairn water treatment plant, very similar process uh, in terms of how water is diverted from the river, treated and conveyed to the customers. This facility was most recently upgraded in, in the early 2000s, originally built in 1964. At the time, you know, it's permitted to treat upwards of 160 million gallons a day. But I'll also point out, you know, the, the, the picture on the south, on the bottom there, I, I, I put that in just to convey a sense of place. You know, it's, it's really, it's taking water from the Lower American River. It's, it's one of the jewels of, of, our, of our city and of our region. It's a sensitive habitat. Oh, also one might be jumping in there. So to, to meet the needs of the fisheries and some of the sensitive conditions on the Lower American River, that facility is usually or often limited to anywhere from 60 to, to 100 million gallons of water a day. In the future, you know, we certainly see ongoing rehabilitation projects but we don't foresee an expansion of this facility. Again, the, the needs of the Lower American River are of, of keen interest uh, to all of us. Some examples of these storage tanks. Um, again, there's about 12 of them spread throughout the city. Uh, two of the most sort of iconic ones, I guess, that maybe jump out at you. Here, here's the Alhambra tank, 3 million gallons of storage. Uh, it's, uh, that's the Safeway right along Alhambra you would see. And at night, you might see it lit up with uh, one of our art and public places diagrams. Uh, another facility I draw your attention to is our, our Freeport tank, also 3 million gallons of water. You'll see that moving up and down I-5. The uh, other ones... Can, can I uh, just ask a question? When, when was the uh, Freeport storage tank built? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I don't recall that off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have an immediate answer for you, Chair. Okay, well, um, you know, j just as a point of interest, I've always called that the mothership. And, <laughs> and I don't know if other people think about it that way, but it really is iconic when you approach Sacramento from the south. You know you've made it home once you see the Freeport water tank. And uh, just for the members, you may recall that it was where it says America's Farm Reform Fort Capital, that was a rebranding uh, just a few years ago. It used to say Sacramento, the city of trees. There was a bit of controversy about that, um, just as a point of interest. But I, I've always enjoyed that tank, so I wanted to call it out. Okay, Brett, thanks. 
the you know the multiple facilities I mentioned, and I didn't bring in any pictures of groundwater wells. Again, those are spread throughout the city in various places. Those are usually small uh, assets or pieces of infrastructure for the city. They're often tucked in behind neighborhoods and, and smaller pieces of land. But combined, the, the groundwater wells and the two surface water plants uh, that you just saw some photos of, you know, th this is the, the, the needs of water for the residents of the city. And it's a, it's a combination of that surface water and that groundwater. You know, it typically peaks in the summer uh, for those irrigation demands. Uh, the scale on the left, this would be in million gallons of, of water per day. So and this is a pretty typical curve over the last couple of years. It'll max out anywhere from 140 to 160 just for the retail needs. When our wholesale customers uh, desire water, uh, we do have contracts with them. Uh, the total amount of those contracts is, is approximately 40 million gallons of water a day. So, so that could stack on top of this, which is one of the reasons uh, we're working on the, the planning efforts for expanding the Sac River Water Treatment Plant. So just for the members, I'd also like to say, if you look at that, that graph, obviously our highest water use is when we're at the driest part of the year, which is why our water conservation efforts are so important as we move into climate change. And the city of Sacramento has made really significant strides, I would say, in the water conservation area. I think that those programs are going to be really crucial uh, you know, as we move forward. Thanks, Brett. Yep. Sure. Uh, so moving on from the overview, I just wanted to touch on our urban water management plan uh, efforts. We are updating that plan right now. It was last updated in 2015. It, this plan is really, it's kind of the, the outward face of our water programs, how we use water, uh, ensuring that we have sufficient supply to meet the demands that are forecasted often through the general plan or other planning documents. Uh, this is really a, a prescriptive effort that the state needs this every five years to make ourselves eligible for, for grant funding programs through the Integrated Regional Water Management Plan program or to support development uh, and ensure that that development has adequate supply. We need to adopt this every five years and submit it to the state of California. So right now it's in progress. Um, you can anticipate it coming to city council in June of 2021. I thought I'd point out a couple of the, the changes or, that are being brought into this latest version of the urban water management plan. So one of the things that's very important is just mating up uh, your supply. And so what you see in this histogram here is a series of columns. Uh, and on the left, the, the gauge there is acre feet per year. And so these would be our entitlements or our legal access to water. Uh, ultimately, it tops out just shy of 350,000 acre feet of year, water a year uh, in the year 2030. You can see our demands on, this is average annual, if you will, in the red there, have remained well below it and, and decreasing. Uh, much, much to do with our conservation programs, and you'll see more about that in just a moment. Uh, the line to the right, that's a little dated. That's what we had in the 2015 Urban Water Management Plan. Uh, you can expect this next update that will be lower, but we're working on that now. So this, pardon all the charts, uh, this is a very typical metric that the state is looking for in our urban water management plans. It's, it's, we'll call it GPCD or gallons per capita per day. 
And, and what you see here is, is the history as far back as I could find it uh, to the 20s. Of the, that would be just the total water used by our residents and businesses, the whole system, just divided by the population. So that metric is used all throughout the state of California. You can see from this chart, I mean, we've continued to stay low and you know, there was a dramatic dip uh, in the, uh, the, the economy crash in the mid 2000s. It rose a little, say in 2013. And then we had that big two year drought that I think all of us probably remember. And the city put a lot of effort into its conservation programs and its outreach programs. And we've continued to see those demands stay low. Uh, you know, I point out on this chart, the 225 gallons per capita per day. This 2020 urban plan, I mean, it's an important milestone. The state had set thresholds or conservation thresholds some time ago, often called 20% 20 by 2020. Uh, our number was 225 gallons per day. And so you can see that we're, we're well below that. We're gonna sail across the finish line. So uh, Chair, I've mentioned uh, some of the conservation programs uh, and I wanted to highlight some of those for you here. Uh, our, you know, the department has invested significant energy and, and resources into our conservation program to make sure we're using water efficiently today and, and certainly into the future too. Uh, it's, it's a recognized program, both locally and throughout the state. And I just have a few metrics here for you. I, I won't read them all at this point, but these are essentially rebate programs. If, it, the, the total sum of all these values, these are all really in the last five years. This is what we've done since the last urban water management plan in, in terms of rebates for our customers. Uh, one of the big things we changed uh, during the drought was we changed our, our watering ordinance. In the past, folks could water up to three days a week uh, legitimately. One of the things we've done is we've compressed that to a two-day-a-week watering to encourage deeper root growth and, and to minimize you know, overrun of water onto the streets. We maintain significant outreach and education programs, uh, both on our website, uh, Facebook, um, you know, just to, to get the word out to our customers. We also have a, a robust set of, of services that we'll provide to folks. If, if your meter is reading, you know, if we, if we detect an ongoing usage of water in your meter, that will often trigger a, a, a leak alert, you know, so that you could look at your own system. We'll offer investigations of those, of those leaks. We'll perform water-wise house calls to give recommendations on how to best maybe change your irrigation. And we'll also investigate, you know, water misuse uh, letting water flood down the streets, for instance. So, Brett, uh, just a couple of comments. Um, first, I've availed myself of a few of these rebates, which have been fantastic. But one of the best programs I think we have is about you know, promoting smart controllers. The way people irrigate is really out of sync with plant needs. And so there's a tremendous amount of education that needs to be put out there. But with a smart irrigation controller, you can drop your irrigation use of water tremendously. Uh, you know, in our ordinance, you can water two days a week, but if you have a smart controller, you're not subject to that ordinance because you can program this controller, you can put in water sensors, it's tied to the web. And the, actually the smart controller teaches you how to water for your plant needs. It's really a great system and everybody in the city should have a smart controller in, in my opinion 
So far, two council members do. Uh, <laughs> myself and, and council member Guerra uh, move towards this program, but it's dynamic and it's totally helpful. And, you know, a lot of people have complained, you know, how can you restrict me watering my plants? You know, they're, they're just not happy about it. But the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, that people overwater regularly. And uh, this, is, this is a place where we can uh, gain significantly in terms of water conservation. And I think our department has really performed admirably in this regard in promoting these devices you know, of course, low flow toilets are also a, a key ingredient because a tremendous amount of water is used in older five gallon flush toilets. So incentivizing those is really, really powerful. And I even got a water thrifty clothes washer as well. So uh, look into it, really valuable products and, and a great program. Yeah, so I, I went back just a couple of slides. So we're, uh, we're closing in, hopefully on soon to be 4,000 4, of these smart irrigation controllers. We're at 3,800 uh, right now. And then uh, nearly 12,000 uh, rebates for, uh, for replacing your toilet. I, these are two new programs that I wanted to call to your attention that we've, we've introduced in the last you know, short period of time. And these are really focused on our disadvantaged communities or, or low-income communities. Um, one of those is, is the, the toilet upgrade program. Uh, so that rebate has been increased in, in those areas, uh, as well as something we call leak-free Sacramento, where in the past we might've sent you a notice, for instance, if we felt you likely had a leak or if you noticed it on your own. Uh, we also offer those investigation services. Uh, this is a program in those disadvantaged communities where we'll actually help repair that facility or that leak for you. Another big initiative, uh, if you've been in Sacramento for any period of time, is our is our water meter program. Uh, on the left there, uh, the lighter green would be areas that, you know, had been metered upon initial construction or or that we retrofitted before 2015. Again, the last urban water management plan. Uh, the darker green areas is what came after 2015. It, in our effort to to accelerate the program, which we approved and started in 2015 we were at just 50% metered throughout the entire city. And in these five years, we have now reached 99%. We are nearly done. The very last area is that small area in red there, that would be uh, River Park. The other thing that's new in this next urban water management plan will be the introduction of recycled water. Uh, the Sacramento Power Authority co-generation facility, uh, it's located on uh, 47th, uh, Near, um, near the airport, just east of the, of the executive airport. So this facility takes water from the city of Sacramento for its domestic needs, but also for its cooling tower and its energy generation work. And so over the last several years, we've collaborated with the Power Authority, with Regional Sanitation District, and there's now a pipeline, a recycled water pipeline that's been constructed from the regional plant, moves north into the city, and serves water for the cooling needs of that tower. Upwards of perhaps a thousand acre feet a year if, if that facility is working at a, at a high rate. So lastly, and, and then I'll, I'll close up this presentation. Yeah, again, we're working on the 2020 urban plan now. We'll be bringing that to city council in June of 2021. 
But at the same time, we're continuing our infrastructure planning. Um, in other water committee meetings, we've presented ideas on reinvesting in our groundwater program, which is an aging set of assets. Uh, that work is occurring now. CEQA is being done and we're looking for new sites. Uh, and we're looking at expanding again our surface water plant. These conservation efforts have certainly delayed any expansion for, for quite some time. Uh, the last time we were really focusing on expansion was in the early 2000s and you've seen demands drop. But you know, with, with growth in the city, we do anticipate within perhaps 15 years, that's a moving target as we see how people use water or the city really grows. But we see a need in perhaps 15 years and that planning is occurring now. And of course, you know, just a continued focus on, on water efficiency. Uh, the state of California is, is working on new targets, not just for the city, but for water users all over the state. Uh, and we're monitoring those and, and we'll be a, you know, adopting those and bringing that into our, our planning efforts. I'll, I'll pause for questions. I have more of an idea. I don't know if this is the right time. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure too if we've ever talked about, and I know I saw some of it there, but like, uh, like how do we systematize adoption of water measures at homes? Like, you know, we talk about building electrification is one thing, right? You know, how do we do the retrofits and talk about that? But I wonder if you've ever had a conversation about that for water like gray water systems and water capture systems and like what that might look like. It's obviously bigger than the plan you're bringing forward in a couple months. So I was just curious if we've ever thought about like a strategy for sort of mandating feels like a harsh word, but kind of like what Council Chair Harris was talking about in terms of like having resources and a strategy to ensure that like all homes get retrofitted in a way with the equipment to conserve water. So in terms of, of gray water systems or, or on-site reuse, uh, our sustainability staff uh, led by Roshni uh, that Chair Harris mentioned um, are, are putting in a, a lot of effort in, in, on those, that planning right now. And actually, I, I see Roshni, you're on the line. Would you, would you like to respond to the council member's question? Yes, yes, I can. Um, actually, we have received some guidance from the city council on this. Um, Councilmember Van Winsula, you mentioned the uh, Mayor's Climate Commission and um, uh, building electrification. One of the uh, one of the things that came out of the building electrification uh, process was that the local 447 asked us to look at uh, uh, the water reuse, on-site water reuse, uh, how that can be done. And just last week, the mid-year budget was approved, so. We definitely have a water reuse study planned for 2021 to see how this whole uh, system of water reuse and recycled water will play out for the city. Um, to answer another question that you brought up about, you know, systematically looking at water efficiency measures, the plumbing codes have been pretty good uh, for us in that aspect. So our focus mostly have been on the uh, implementation of measures into the existing buildings with old fixtures and whatnot. But very well addressed right on time. Uh, because the funding is approved, we, we are definitely getting into uh, this water reuse study uh, by 2021. Um, is our plan. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I wonder if that could be like 
I know our next meeting is still a few months away. I know I should know the date because we just looked at the calendar, but like maybe that could be a good topic for this committee, for the public to weigh in on what they think makes sense. I don't know what you think about that, Chair. Yeah, what we are proposing right now is um, a study to be done in 2021. I'm not sure if we will have made a lot of movements on that. We are, our uh, 20. Sorry, 2022, I should say. 2021, we have the plan to update water conservation plan, which we think will be tied, which will tie nicely into a 2022 study on water reuse. Um, we can provide some timeline on when and how it will kick off, uh, maybe by next uh, meeting. Um, I think that might be uh, doable. Thank you. That was all I had. <laughs> Maya, any questions? No, no question, uh, but I just actually just wanted to say a few comments. I just wanted to thank uh, Brett and the team. Thank you so much for your really thorough presentation. And um, I just also want to take this time to say thank you, Chair Harris, for nominating me to vice chair. Um, and I just really want to thank you for leading on this committee. Um, you know, water plays a critical role in the region and our city, and I'm really excited to work with you and Councilwoman uh, Valenzuela and you uh, to really get working on this. I think something that I always talk about is back to basics, right? Um, our, what is our role as a city and do we currently do it well? Um, and this is one of them. And so I'm just really excited to get to work so that we can ensure we got continue long-term planning to ensure quality and um, sufficient water supply, especially for our communities and neighborhoods most in need. So thank you so much. And I uh, look forward to, our, to our, uh, our future meetings and getting to work. So Roshni, a question. Do bioswales fall under your purview? Uh, not exactly under my purview. Uh, we have um, an engineering team who keeps an eye on it, green infrastructure projects. Uh, Cheryl, you know Cheryl Hewn, who mm -hmm. is a very um, ardent um, advocate for that program. Uh, we have new construction mandating that. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have a, a, a green infrastructure study uh, slated for our combined sewer system that we hope to complete in 2021. Oh. I know, Bill, you came online. You may want to add something. No, I think you covered it, um, Rajni. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Rajni. Appreciate you. Uh, so, Brett, you want to move right into your second presentation? I'd be happy to, and I'll try to make it, uh, being mindful of time, we'll, we'll try to move fairly expeditiously through here. Let's, let me get that open. Let me close this. Having some issues here. And for the record, Chair, I have no calls on item three or four. Thank you, Mindy. All right, almost there. Chair, are you making that out all right? Yes, it's fine, Brett, go ahead. Okay, thank you. 
Yeah, so the intention here is to, to provide this committee an update on a, a program that we're just finishing for 2020, some thoughts about 2021, uh, and as well as just a quick update on our groundwater, our, our, our water bank effort throughout the region. So the groundwater substitution transfers, these are, these are ongoing or recurring programs uh, that this region has been engaging in. They happen all over the state, frankly. It's, I guess at its, at its core, the local agencies, including the city of Sacramento, have some operational flexibility for, for entities that have invested both in surface water and groundwater. So during drier years, we will shift our operations to groundwater and leave surface water in the river. That, that provides for a couple of benefits here. Uh, it's, it's still putting our surface water rights to beneficial use. Uh, we're leaving that water in the river when it's needed most in these dry conditions. Uh, that water is then traveling downstream and, and eventually being conveyed to, to entities that are, you know, for farming uh, and jobs on those farms. And it also generates revenue uh, for the ratepayers in the city of Sacramento. Uh, again, it is a recurring program. Uh, some agencies region regionally have been doing it for years and years. Uh, the city has, it's been more recent for the city of Sacramento. Uh, we participated in 2018 as well as 2020. And then again, some thoughts towards 2021. You know, it's also consistent with our our conjunctive use policies in our general plan. Again, that's really directing the same thing. When, when surface water is in low supply, we wanna to turn to our groundwater resources. And when it's wet out, we wanna to return to our surface water and let the groundwater recharge. We also mentioned these commitments in the, in the water form agreement that you heard a little bit about earlier. Our role in these transfers, there's, there's three real ways that we participate. Uh, we preferentially turn to wells that we've let rest for some period of time. We'll use those wells for potable demands. We'll also take water from our neighboring agencies through those inner ties I mentioned earlier. We can take upwards of 15 million gallons of water a day from Sac Suburban, 6 million gallons a day from the Sacramento County Water Agency, and that allows that surface water to, re to re stay in the river and, and move to those buyers. The agreements that we have with these folks, uh, when it's wet out again and the transfer isn't occurring, will then return that surface water, allowing recharge to occur in their own basin. Uh, functionally, the way this uh, works is it'll stay in the river, move down into the delta. And what you see here is the Harvey Banks pumping plant operated by the Department of Water Resources. They'll elevate that water, put it in a, the conveyance system and send it to those customers. Uh, just real quick, uh, in 2020, uh, and these are the same customers that we entered into a contract with in 2018. It's the state water contractors. Uh, the list of those folks that'll participate in any given year uh, does change, uh, but these were the these were the, the, the five from, from last year. Uh, moving on uh, to to meet our time thresholds here, just some highlights from the program. Um, Pretty small, but all those dots are, are groundwater wells that participate in the transfer. So all throughout the region, upwards of 68 of these wells. Uh, there are also additional 25 monitoring wells just to monitor groundwater levels and ensure the water wasn't dropping too low, particularly in sensitive habitat. And so, you know, we would keep an eye on that. These typically occur from July through September, and there's some new opportunities in October, November as well. Um, overall, in 2020, uh, the region left 17,000 acre feet in the rivers and generated 
you know, 4.4 million in revenue. Just for the city, uh, our portion of that, we brought in two, 2.1 million in revenue. Uh, the council direction at the time was to reinvest that revenue into our groundwater program for water security, as well as some of the revenue goes to support these conservation programs in disadvantaged communities. Overall, the entire chunk of water, that 17,000 acre feet, probably left you know, 55 to 75 cubic feet per second in the lower American River. May not seem like a lot when there's 60,000 CFS flowing down, but just contextually right now, they're struggling to keep just 900 CFS flowing down the American River. Uh, and lastly, as uh, this was just a nice recognition for all of the partners throughout the region, uh, the Regional Water Authority recognized this project as the, as the project of the year for 2020. Uh, conditions are still pretty dry out there. Um, notwithstanding some of the recent events we had, you're, we're still sitting at about 50% uh, for, our, for our rainfall up in the northern part of the state. Uh, there's strong interest for another groundwater substitution transfer this year. Uh, the buyers, DWR, uh, they're soliciting interest now. Our regional partners remain interested. Uh, and at this point, staff is starting to reinitiate the 2020 process, uh, subject to some of your feedback here today, as well as returning to city council. Uh, lastly, and I'll wrap this up pretty quick. Um, this water committee and city council have heard a number of times about our, our notions or our ambitions for a regional water bank. So this is really uh, like these groundwater substitution transfers, but at a much larger uh, institutionalized level with, with better governance throughout. You know, what you see here, this is just sort of the foundational concept. You know, we know in our changing climate, we know there's impacts to, to our snowpack over time. More is falling as rain, less is, small, is falling as snow. And you know, that tiny little blip you see in the middle of that picture, uh, that's Folsom Reservoir. So it just gives you some context. You've got this giant groundwater basin and this giant snowpack and a very small reservoir. On the left, you, you'll see Folsom releasing 60,000 CFS. And at times, you'll see how dry it gets in the middle of these droughts. The idea is to more flexibly use our surface water and groundwater resources. So I won't, I won't read the definition here uh, that you see. Uh, it's just sort of a summary statement we've been using for the water bank, but it's really a storage and recovery program at its foundation, the expectation is that we're storing that water you know, for a, a not so rainy day. Uh, phase one has already been approved. They've been working on it. That was brought to city council and this water committee. Uh, that first phase envisioned the second phase that we're working on now, establishing governance and doing some of the technical work to support this program. Uh, the not to exceed threshold for the city uh, to support this is $190,000 and it's being routed for signature now. That's all I have in questions. Thank you, Brett. Um, community members, any questions? Pretty good concept. I think you, you get the idea. The groundwater transfer has been successful in previous years. It helps us upgrade our wells, which is part of being able to manage our groundwater resources and where we've fallen behind. So uh, that's really an impetus to do it as well as to share water resources with other parts of the state that might really be flagging in a drought condition. Um, thank you, Brett. Really appreciate your presentations. Really good information. Uh, Director Busey, I thought 
I wanted to bring up just briefly an issue that uh, Member uh, Belnasoyla and I are aware of. Megan Fidel on the URAC committee brought up the idea of, of using non-fee uh, monies to more or less subsidize people who are falling behind in their water bills. It's kind of complex because our utility bill encompasses many different things besides water, storm water, solid waste. Uh, I, I believe 56 or $57,000 might be available, but if you could just address that because it's, uh, it's certainly my feeling that it's not enough money to give any kind of substantial relief to our rate payers. However, uh, you might have some information about possible federal money coming. So if you could just address that. And then Katie may have a question or two. I'll just take a minute. I, I will say that since we're almost to the end of this, we, I have some information that I can send out to the committee uh, that will be uh, of interest. Um, we do have, first of all, we don't see a, an appreciable difference uh, in non-payment. Um, did early on uh, in, the, in the COVID cycle, but that has, it's normalized. Right now our collections are very, you know, within a, are within a normal range at the last uh, three, three years. Um, as, as you all know, all of our rate uh, revenue is very uh, tightly controlled uh, by Proposition 218 regarding what we do with that, that it be spent um, to subsidize any particular group or for any, you know, non, uh, you know, DOU service uh, purpose. We do have a very small amount of revenue, which has been identified in the past by our attorneys as being possibly uh, not subject to the 218 requirements. The uh, funding that we get or the revenue that we receive from cell, our cell, cell towers on our facility. This is a concept that's not been tested legally um, to date. We have used these uh, resources just like any, these funds just like any other uh, of our rate revenues for our operations. Um, we do have about, right now, um, we have about 8,200 of our, uh, of our um, customers that are enrolled in our rate assistance program. Um, if we were to receive direction to uh, use that uh, non-rate revenue, it, that, that non-rate revenue, I'll call it, has uh, varied over the last uh, five years from a, a little over 40,000 to a little, a little under 70,000. If we were to use that, uh, you know, over that group of, of, uh, of customers, it would um, result in you know, a little over 50 cents a, day, uh, a month you know, in benefit. Um, I'll just, this is a direction that we would rather not go. Um, we also know that uh, federal government has proposed in the current uh, relief package about $700 million in rate assistance, specific, specifically store and water rate assistance. About 70 million of that will be coming to California. Um, in the upcoming uh, assistance program, Right now, there is a earmarked $5 billion um, 
rate assistance. Um, that is still a bill that it's you know in the works, um, but a lot of people feel pretty confident that that will you know that that will move forward. So those are just some thoughts. Um, I have some more information that I can send. Again, since we're almost out of time, yeah, but members, and I'm I'm happy to continue to engage in, in you know in the discussion. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Katie, did you want to jump in? We have one minute till council. Yeah, just a quick yes or no. Um, we're not shutting off water for folks who can't who get back on their bills, though, right? No, we, we aren't. And we haven't been for two or three years now. That's why I, mean, I think we, that's where the public concern is coming from. So thank yeah. you, Bill. <laughs> and, we, and we also are not currently at the direction of council charging uh, late fees and penalties for, for non-payment. Very good. Good information. All right, thank you all. I think we'll, we'll go ahead and adjourn this meeting as we're due at council in, yeah, just about one minute. So thank you for the presentations. And again, thank you very much to both of my new committee members. I really look forward to working with you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. And for council members, we needed about 15 minutes to reset for the next meeting so you can stretch your legs. I believe we're adjourned. Thank you.